The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Give up what? And I said, I need to give my life to Jesus like right now. And my mama let out like (laughs) the biggest, blackest, loudest (laughs) Tyler Perry in credit scene of a movie, Hallelujah, you have ever heard in your life. Hallelujah, Jesus! Social media influencer, author, and preacher Tim Ross shares his personal journey that led him to the basement next on Life Today. Everybody, welcome to Life Today. I'm Tammy Trent, and this is Randy Robison. Yes, ma'am. Randy, I am excited about today's show. I am too, because this is this is unique, but it's encouraging and it's, uplifting. It's fun. This guy is crazy fun. He <laughs> says what he wants to say. He says what you are thinking, but don't dare say half the time. <laughs> well, see, I'm glad you added fun. I thought you were just going to say he's crazy. <laughs> he is a little crazy, but I love that about him. He his love for scripture is infectious. Mm. His love for life is outrageous, but his love for Jesus is solid. That's what I love about him. He's an author. He's a great podcaster. He's a speaker. He's a social media influencer. He's all the things. And he has a brand new book out. I want to tell you about it is called Welcome to the Basement. And I want to figure out what that means. Tim Ross, welcome to life today. Thank you so much, Tammy. My Randy, I'm grateful to be here with both of you. Did, we cover, did she cover all the bases? She did. Did I? Did I? Absolutely. You got it all going on. Absolutely. Okay, all the important yeah. things. You are an amazing storyteller. I could listen to you all day long. Oh, thank you. So I want to start there. Yeah. Take me back to the 20-year-old Tim Ross. Mm-hmm. That grabbed a microphone, basically threw it down and said, I give up. Mm. So I uh, gave my life to Jesus January 14th of 1996. Uh, I had been clubbing uh, all night before, got home around 4.30 in the morning. I still live with my parents. And so uh, when you're under their roof, you go to their church, right? I just thought. I need to pay homage to my parents. They still let me live here for free. I'm going to church. So um, I was sitting on the back row of the church. My parents bivocationally pastored for 15 years, um, a church that never got over 100 people, but they were very faithful to those people. Mm. And on the back row of that church, it was the first time I heard the Holy Spirit say anything to me. He probably said some stuff before I just ignored him. Mm. Um, And he said, you're a sinner. It was the most matter-of-fact statement I had ever heard in my life. It was like pointing out, like, you have on a black vest, right? And um, the first, when, as soon as he said it was the first time I realized my disconnection from God, I could feel it, and I just burst into tears. Wow. And so I'm sitting there in the back row of the church, but the service just started. Like, Sunday school had just ended, morning worship had just started, and this is a black Pentecostal church. So it could go three hours, right? right. The singing and then the praying and the prophesying and then the testimonies and then the sermon and then the offering. Like it'd be three hours before salvation actually occurs, right? (laughs) right. So I'm sitting on the back row of the church. I'm like, I cannot wait three hours to give my life to Jesus. Either I'm going to interrupt this service or I need to wait for something. And it just so happens my dad decides to have testimony service. And five people stood up in front of me. I stood up in the back, and my dad went from front to back. And I'm the last guy, and he goes, I think Tim has something to say. And I said, I give up. Mm. 
and it's a small church, so everybody's nosy, right? Everybody turns around like, give up what? Yes. And I said, I need to give my life to Jesus, like, right now. And my mama let out, like, <laughs> the biggest, blackest, <laughs> loudest Tyler Perry in credit scene of a movie, Hallelujah, you have ever heard in your life. Yeah. Finally. My mom, Dr. Verified, has two surgically repaired knees as a direct result of praying on them. So she had been praying for us. Wow. And for me to give my life to Jesus with no sermon and no altar call was an extravagant answer to her prayers. Wow. What was it? Tim, what was it? I mean, you, you said, like, you, you, you felt like you, you totally heard the Holy Spirit, like, yeah. you're a sinner. Yeah. What, what was it? I mean, in, like you said, he probably told you that before, but you weren't listening. But what was it about that moment that you, you decided to listen? I, I, again, I could feel the disconnection from God. I had okay. never felt that before. Okay. I, like, I felt like he was distant. Mm. And I'm, like, very, very aware of my sins. Mm. Like, I wasn't. I wasn't convicted of anything before that statement. Like, everything I was doing, I enjoyed, right? right. I probably didn't feel good about it, but right. I enjoyed it, right? Yeah. And then I didn't. <laughs> I just didn't. <laughs> and I was like, I need to give my life to Jesus. And mm-hmm. I walked down to the altar and gave my life to Jesus. And I kind of ruined the service because, like, nobody knew what to do after that. They were just kind of <laughs> like, I guess it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our son got saved. Does we'll he see rock? you next week. <laughs> like, thanks Mission for coming. Right? Yes. Mission accomplished. We're going to fold the whole church up. No, they didn't. Um, but I started reading my Bible on January 15th. Okay. Started from Genesis 1. And um, by uh, January the 17th, I was in uh, around Genesis 7, 8. I was I was going slow because I was reading King James, which is like off-roading in a Honda Civic. Yeah. And so um, I I was reading the Bible and it was a pop. I, like I wasn't reading it. I was watching it. Yeah. Uh, it was a pop-up book. Okay. So I remember going to my mom on that Wednesday, like, mom, like um, I'm not a preacher or nothing, but I think I know why the the Ravens didn't come back. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, the ark. And then Noah lets the Ravens out and they never come back. And then the dove keeps coming back until it has like a little olive branch in his, in his beak. And she's like, what do you, I said, I think I know what that's about. And she goes, okay, tell me. And I said, well, the Raven left because, and didn't come back because there's gotta be bloated bodies everywhere. Like the waters are receding. There's gotta be bloated bodies of dead people and animals because of the flood, and a raven is a carnivorous animal, and it's probably feasting. But the dove doesn't feed off dead stuff. It feeds off living stuff, and so that's why it kept coming back until it saw a branch with life and trees. And I was like, I think the raven, the raven represents our carnal nature, and the dove represents the spirit. And she goes, uh-huh. <laughs> she goes, uh, you're going to preach the last Sunday in February. Wow. And I was like, why? I was like, I'm not a preacher. She was like, you can repeat exactly what you just said, or if God shows you anything else. And I just thought it was so weird. Mm. But I preached my first sermon five weeks after I gave my life to Jesus. The revelation that you have, that's what blows my mind. Like you, like the Holy Spirit gives you revelation of the word. And I've never thought of things that way. That's why I I love to lean in and listen to you. Where do you think that comes from? Even for me, like I, I want more revelation. How do we get that? Ooh, I'm glad you asked that question. So like, I just believe in like sitting with the book. 
Mm. Like the book, like the Bible is the only book that's alive. It's the only book that's actually breathing. Right. I go to black barbershops or used to before I got married to Juliet. You go to a black barbershop and you sit down and you wait for people to cut your hair. And there's like Ebony magazines and Jet magazines from like 1988. Right. And and so you pick it up and you see Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown on the cover and they're happy. Yes. And Whitney's dead. Right. Right. So, right. so you can pick up the article mm. and you could read it. There's no new information coming from that magazine. It's old news. The moment it was printed, mm. the Bible is the only book that you could literally go to Psalm 23 right now and think, I already know this. Right. And you read it again. Mm-hmm. And something that you've never even thought of matches where you are living right now. That book is breathing. And the more you open it, it opens you. The more you read it, it reads you. Mm. 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 The more you read it, it reads you. So good. Yeah. So here's, here's the thing, Tim. I mean, with, with this level of sort of insight and application, you should rise to the top. You can be a superstar in the economy of preachers Mm. in America today. God didn't take you there. In fact, he showed you some other things. What what does it mean to be in the basement? So uh, I had a vision, an open vision when I was 30 years old. What's an open vision? So a vision is when you see a picture or a scene while you're awake. A dream is when you see the same thing while you're asleep, right? And so I had this vision. I was awake, but I have a very vivid imagination. I see everything in pictures. Okay. That's why when I read a story I, in the Bible, I, th- people think I have a photographic memory, but I didn't just read the passage. I watched it. So that's all it is. So God's playing on my imagination. And I'm walking down a street, and there's this 100-story building, all-white building, scrapes the sky and even though I'm outside of the building as I'm walking up to it I can hear music and laughter coming from the 100th floor this could only happen in the vision right and so I'm intrigued by that so I walk into the building the building is all white on the inside as well and it's sterile there's no art there's no colors there's no wayfinding but there is an elevator And so I step into the elevator and there's a L button for lobby, which I obviously entered on. And right above the L, there's 100. There's not one, two, three, four, five, (laughs) six, seven, eight. It goes from lobby (laughs) to 100. So I press 100 and I start going up 100 stories. And as you can imagine, your ears are popping and you're like, you know, like, okay, I'm I'm going. This is a long trip. And. The, more, the higher I get, the more self-conscious I become. I start literally checking my pants for wrinkles and my shirt for stains, and I'm like, I, I just feel self-conscious. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I hope I, hope I can make it up here. I don't even know what I, what's happening, right? As I get to the top, I become intrinsically aware, not through recognition, but an intrinsic awareness that everybody on this top floor is an influential person in the body of Christ. And so I'm like, well, then I need to be on my best behavior, right? Right, (laughs) If I'm going up here with the elite. The elevator's open. The elevator door's open. And there's a very long hallway that has three steps that go down, and it lays out and opens up to the most fantastic 
New York City penthouse vibe you've ever seen. There's people mingling and talking and off of that living room, there's a balcony, there are people outside of talking and I step off the elevator and what I cannot see before I step out of the elevator is that to my left, there is a line of women, beautiful women, in bikinis, holding silver chargers with every sin, weight, and vice you could possibly imagine. Wow. Uh. To the right, there were a line of men, 2% body fat, wearing Speedos, holding silver chargers, sin, weight, vice that you could imagine. And I'm like, this must be the test. Mm. You can't be down there with the elite if you succumb to the temptations on either side, sure. right? Whatever your vice sure. may be. Sure. So I'm like, let me look at my shoes and walk straight, yes. right? I have no issues with the guys and their Speedos. <laughs> Not my vibe. <laughs> Over here could get me. Let's walk straight, yes. right? So I walk straight down, get down to uh, the end of the hallway, go down the steps, and I'm looking around, and no one looks at me. No one even pays attention or notices that I entered the room, right? If somebody walked in here right now, we would at least glance and, right. you know what I mean? Right. 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 Yeah. Nobody looks up. And so I'm just kind of standing there for a while, and I'm like, okay. And about maybe eight minutes in, which is a long time to be standing there like a stranger, yeah. <laughs> um, I see these two guys about maybe five, seven feet away from me, and I kind of squint my eyes, they're both holding something from the charger. And when I noticed it, one of them broke eye contact with who he was talking to and looked at me. And he literally looked me, scanned me up and down, and when he noticed I wasn't holding anything, he went right back to his conversation. So I'm there for like two or three more minutes, and then I realize everybody up here is holding something from one of these chargers. Hmm. So I was like, I guess I'm not supposed to be up here. So I turn around, <laughs> go back up the steps, and now put my head back down because the bikini-clad women are now to my right <laughs> and the Speedos are to my left. Yes. And I beeline back to this elevator. Get in the elevator, and I'm getting ready to press L to go back down to the lobby, and I noticed a button underneath the L going down that I didn't see going up, and it was a very faint B. Uh, let me pause and say that the um, people that were on this top floor, it was just the personalities. Like, there's no wives and husbands and kids. It's just the figures, yeah. right, whoever these yeah. people are. Nameless and faceless. So um, I pressed B. I was like, I don't know what that button is, but I, I'll press. And I'm pretty risk adverse. Like, So this vision is, like, against my normal... <laughs> Reactions. Yeah. I would rather just go back to the lobby and leave. Yeah. But I press B. I go down 101 stories. Ears popping all the way down. As the elevator rests on this bottom floor that I now know is a basement, before, I even, before the doors even open, I hear laughter. I hear vibrant chatter, lively conversation. And the doors open, and all of these people swing all of their attention just swings towards the elevator and they're like, yeah! 
I mean, they start cheering to the top of their lungs. A couple of people yank me off of the elevator. They are shaking me. They are patting me on the back. They're hugging me. And then one guy grabs me by both shoulders and he's shaking me like with enthusiasm. And he goes, oh, my goodness. I am so grateful you made it down here. Mm. Not too many people that go up there ever make it back down here. Wow. Scene. What is that place? I now know it to be a basement. Here's what the Holy Spirit told me. Because I was like, what was that? Mm. (laughs) You know? And the Holy Spirit said, Tim, everybody thinks that the goal is to go up. And the goal is not to go up. It's not to climb up. There's no ladders in the kingdom. There's a hand. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. He said, I haven't called people to come up. I've called them to come down. And then he made, then he said this statement, which was profound to me. He said, Tim, if Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, what floor would you want to live on? And I was like, I want to be close to where he is. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I can't lay down next to the cornerstone, then I just want whatever is, like, right. I just want to be with him. And so then he says, get as many people to the basement as you can. Hmm. I was 30. I was a young adult pastor at the time. So I'm thinking, okay, in my mentorship and my disciple of people, um... I'll share, I'll share this vision with them and I'll calibrate them to what I believe a lifestyle of vulnerability and basement living looks like, according to scripture. And I had no clue, y'all. I've been telling people about the basement since I was 30 years old. I had no clue he wanted this many people to know about the basement. Like, I had no clue it would become a podcast. I had no clue we'd have 300,000 subscribers on YouTube. I had no clue that I would reach more people with a podcast than I've done with almost 30 years of preaching. Incredible. I didn't see that coming. Incredible. So I, I want to know more about what that looks yeah. like on a very practical level, but we, we're out of time. Can you yeah. come back for another program? And of we, course we I talk will. about what yeah. basement living, if you will, yeah. Yeah. looks like. For mm-hmm. sure. Well, good. And I'm looking forward to that. I want, I want to show you what I think a little bit of it looks like. Mm. And I think it means humbling yourself. It means giving of yourself. It means reaching beyond your means. We actually have an opportunity to do that right now. Watch this and I think you'll understand. Clean water is essential for life. But if you don't have access to clean water, you are left with water that has the potential of stealing your life. Mothers worldwide continue to struggle with the fact that they have no choice but to drink contaminated water. There have been many women in this village at the same time that have lost children. And as I'm sitting here and I'm listening to Francine tell her story of how right now she lives with a constant fear. And yet I know she is a Christian and it is not God's will for her to live in fear. 
it's that's that's so so evident that it's not God's will. The scriptures tell us he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But if you're in a situation like this where water is so scarce and whatever water you're getting is just, is you know it's contaminated. No matter how strong a faith you have, there's something in the background that taunts you that your next child's gonna die. You can make a difference. Your gift will change their children's future. I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart, please join with us. Join with Water for Life. As the missions director of Life Outreach International, I commit to you. We will be faithful with whatever gift you give. That is my personal promise. It is the promise of James and Betty. You can count on that. We will be faithful with what you give. You can definitely count on that. It is a promise. I've been working with this beautiful ministry for over 15 years on the mission field. And I can tell you truthfully that it is a promise and it is something that we will see through to the very end. We won't stop. We won't give up until we can reach as many people as possible with this life-giving water. Fear. It's heavy. It's a really heavy burden to bury and to carry. There's many things in my life that uh, strike me um, with fear, but water's never been one of them. When we go over to these countries, that's the very thing we see on all of these mothers especially. It's heavy. The fear is deep. We try to pray over it and against it and push it away, and the reality is it's just there because the reality is that everywhere they look is bad, contaminated water. I'm asking you to come alongside us today. I know you hear us talk about this a lot, but we're going to keep talking about it because we know that there is a solution, and together we can help these families. We can help lift that burden of fear off of them, to give them something to be happy about, to dance about, to be joyful about. We want to give them life, life-giving water that would change everything for them. Our goal is 350 wells in 20 nations. Do you know what it takes? $48 will give water to 10 people for the rest of their lives. 144 will give water to 30. For $4,800, we could go in and drill a complete well that would change the lives of a thousand, at least a thousand people in those villages for the rest of their lives. I don't know about you, but if you ask me to be a part of something where I could give this one time and it could change somebody's life forever, then that's something, Randy, that I want to be a part of. And I know many of us have come together to be a part of something I like mean, that. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole reason you do what you do with us and the whole reason we've done this at Life Outreach International for all these years with this program, Life Today, and the guests that we have on today, we want to bring you the water of life, right? Yeah. The message of Jesus Christ. We want you to walk away refreshed and feeling more encouraged and more alive to go yes. out and be who God yes. has created you to be. And at the same time, we want to meet that practical need of that person who needs physical, literal yes. water, yes. right? This is all, this is the gospel in word, in deed. And that's why we, we hope, I pray that today's program impacts your soul and blesses your life. Yeah. And then I pray that as Tammy asked, you will come alongside us and bless someone else's life. Yeah. So please go to the phone. Go online. Make that best gift you can. Let's drill another well 
and another well and another well to reach another soul. Do it today. Every day, thousands of lives are lost to waterborne disease, and nearly half of those are children under the age of five. Through Mission Water for Life, you can give mothers hope and children a future as we provide clean, life-giving water for thousands of children and their families before it's too late. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish 350 water wells this year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 and $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With a gift of any amount, we'll send you Daughter, written by James and Betty's granddaughter, Lainey Renee. This insightful book invites all girls and women to walk in the freedom of their God-given identity and embrace who they really are. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Great is the Lord decorative blanket, featuring the words of Psalm 145.3, this beautiful blanket is perfect for comfort in cold weather and a reminder of your help with Water for Life. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request our new bronze sculpture, A Cup of Water, inspired by Jesus' words in Mark 9:41. Please call, write, or make your gift online. This is my first time to Burundi, Africa. I've seen some of the worst uh, water source conditions that I've ever seen. Um, here's another one. It's filled with waterborne illness. I mean, it's literally killing people. I got to sit down and talk with a, a mother yesterday who has lost two children in the same week because of this very water right here, but they don't have any other option. That's what breaks my heart. They have no other option, nowhere else to go. They will dig and dig and dig to try to find fresh, clean water, and they just can't get there. It's underneath their feet, but they need help, and we can help them. We can help them get that water. We can come in here, and we can drill a well that would change everything for these children, these mothers, for the rest of their lives. Please go to your phones right now. Call that number. Go to the website. Do whatever you can do. Pray about it. Ask God to lead you, to guide you, and then move. Don't hesitate. Too many times we hesitate and we miss opportunities. God is giving us an opportunity right now to move and to act. So let's do it together and let's change this village for them for the rest of their lives. You really can make a difference in someone's life today. I pray you'll go online, go to the phones, make the best gift you can. And today, if you would like to request Tim's book, Welcome to the Basement, you can do that. I know it will bless you. Tim, you can come back and, and we can talk about this a little bit more, right? I would love to. Absolutely. Tim, sure. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. And I know you are too. And listen, if you've missed any of the programs, go to lifetoday.org where you can catch up. And we'll see you next time on Life Today.
In a world where hard choices define our future, James Robison and Jay Richards present Fight the Good Fight, how an alliance of faith and reason can win the culture war. Our constitution trampled, heroes demonized, and the very essence of man and woman under attack. But in this chaos, a spiritual battle unfolds. Fight the Good Fight reveals the stakes, the preparation needed, and the unwavering truth that God is not finished with our nation. It's time to return to unshakable biblical principles and fight the good fight. But in the time of a disaster, the basement is the safest place that you want to be. Welcome to the basement tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.